0: Me. I am going to make it through this year If it kills me
1: And a soon-to-be Happy New Year from Night Cheese. This is Stephen.
0: And I'm Tim. And I'm Jared.
1: And we'd like to welcome you to the um, party of optimism that is closing out the year 2020 um, with... This week's episode—it's a callback to our first episode back from beginning this year, um, which we'll be titling "Nostalgic Cash Grab Review." Um, in the in the sitcom world, I think this would probably be considered so, kind of like a clip show, except <laughs> um, we're just going to do it live, um, so to speak, uh, and and just kind of reminisce on some of our previous episodes this year. Um, give a few soft recommendations of. Stuff we didn't do a full episode about, but uh, things that were kind of almost like honorable mentions, I guess. Uh, things that we liked, but didn't really want to put into a full episode, and maybe some stuff that is on the horizon uh, that we may be interested in uh, looking forward to in the coming years. So, um, obviously, I'm um, just add my voice to the eternal list of people who are saying what a year it's been, um, and you know during trying to you know all the buzzwords that you get in your uh, spam email. A year boxes.
0: of a year of uncertainty.
1: Yeah, during times <laughs> like this, these trying um, times. You know these unprecedented. I don't think I use the word unprecedented uh, yet. Um, so you know you know all the words. Uh, it, it, it was it was as good a time as any uh, to you know so uh, to pull back the curtain a little bit. You know the three of us are friends. Uh, you know, Jared and I are—we're are, all friends uh, in a manner of speaking from from our college years. Um, Jared and I have been friends for a long time, as have uh, Tim and I. And uh, you know, Tim and I started Night Cheese, uh, gosh, almost ten years ago now, and uh, we reconnected during uh, COVID times and said, "Hey, you know, we're, have you been watching anything good?" <laughs> you know, and was just kind of restarted the very same conversation that started Night Cheese in the first place, which was. Have you have you seen anything good? You know anything you want to tell me about, and and vice versa. And then we just started recording ourselves. So here we are, uh, back again. And uh, Jared has has joined us along for the ride now. At this point, where we're uh, um, also getting getting his perspective, and he's sharing along with us as well. So. Um, it's been, you know, I'll try to get too sentimental out of the gate, but it's been, it's been a healthy exercise in maintaining my sanity, I know, um, for for all the craziness that abounds just just on social media alone, let alone real life. Um, so I am grateful that you both have been here uh, in the times that you have uh, this this year to, uh, to, to resurrect this property and to keep it going. And I'm optimistic that it would continue uh, going forward. So. Thank you guys
0: Yeah. That. Thank you for bringing me on. And also sometime before the end of this episode, it's funny me being a part of it and maybe you're, I'm sure you're long time listeners know. Um, but you know, like with me and, and maybe people who have just jumped in, even though I've done, I'm not sure how many podcasts with you now, I still have no idea where night cheese came from.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's a wonderful, that's a wonderful yeah. question. And what, what better time to bring wow. it up? It, yeah. it is, it is a hilariously dated reference at this point. Um, yeah. so we'll flash back for everybody. Uh, I think the year was like 2010, 2011. And, um, so I could put on my, my Pepperidge farm outfit here and real quick, uh, just to remember. And, um, Tim and I were already having these sort of, hey, have you seen anything good lately conversations on old, you know, T9 texting cell phones and stuff. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, we, uh, my wife and I, I think it just started our Netflix account and we were still getting it through the mail, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so like at Hulu, I don't know if Hulu had come out yet at this point, but anyway, um, I'm pretty sure I owe it to Tim who got me onto to 30, 30 rock, uh, as a show. And, um, we were just starting to brainstorm the ideas of, of doing a podcast where we just kind of talk about this stuff. Um, and there, there was, there was an episode of 30 rock where, uh, Tina Fey's character, um, is in a, in a full length Snuggie, um, singing 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 to the tune of Bob Seeger's night moves, uh, working on my night cheese, uh, while eating a block of cheese on her couch watching TV. It just really um it really encapsulated kind of the the feeling of what, what we yeah. uh were putting out into the world at that point and probably still today, even though we have now outlived that show. Um <laughs> definitely that joke. Um that that uh, joke's shelf life is, is, is far gone. Um, but yeah, but if, but if the Apple Podcasts hub is uh, any indication, we were not the only people who found some value in that name. Um, okay. although, we, although we have the deepest catalog out of anybody. I'll say that uh, yeah, for sure. Deepest and most consistent catalog. Dare I say best quality, but whatever.
2: Yeah, so there um, are three other, other than ours, three other podcasts called Night Sheet. And
1: I um, think one of them is actually about cheese.
2: Uh, maybe let me. T-
1: <laughs> the uh, other two are basically what you and I were doing. And I normally don't talk this condescending, but Tim and I were the first. Yeah, we yeah. took a, okay. we took a, we took an enormous hiatus, but we were the first, and our podcast never disappeared. From <laughs> well,
0: our podcast. and look, and look, you know, it's all about you know the the, the entertainment world is all about rebooting properties. Right. You yeah, know? yeah. So oh, yeah, that's exactly you're just the fuller house of podcasts yeah
1: exactly we're we're the fuller house and you're that um you know uh sorry I'm, my brain's that that south american um you know uh new character who who lives next door you know yeah uh, Fernand, Fernanda, I, listen. I have children. I know. I know a little bit about that show. It's
0: okay. It's I, just, you know, well, or you can. It can be like um, you know, like when Leo DiCaprio was introduced into Growing Pains. You know where you know, like the, you know, Kurt Cameron and Mike Seaver is just aged up a little bit. Not, you, you need to introduce a new variant. I refuse to be the <laughs> Kurt
1: Cameron in this situation.
0: Uh, sorry, Tim. It looks I'm, like looks like I'm it's you.
1: Ne- never the. Kurt, I, I'll be the Alan Thick before I'm the Kurt Cameron. Um, okay. Oh my yeah okay well yeah so uh there's a little history lesson for everybody where night cheese is originated from um oh my goodness so uh yeah so let's you know we can take a trip back a, a bit um and so um Tim why don't you why don't you kick us off first of all sure. did you uh, did you have a good christmas in the in the in the tim household
2: yes yes it was good it was calm i mean it was well I, three kids It's um, it, yeah, but it was one of those it it was just you know, obviously it devolved into chaos, but for a sure. time it was it was nice. Yeah. I mean it it still is, so yeah, it's it was good. It was low key. I liked it. It was it was really good.
1: Good holiday for you, Jared, as well.
0: Yeah, same. We actually got a, a very rare white Christmas here in uh northeast yes. Georgia. Got three or four inches of snow. Oh man. Um you know, we, we rarely get snow period. Um, when we do, it's usually January, February, sometimes even early March, rarely, um, prior to the the new year. So, you know, to get it on, um, Christmas Eve and Christmas day was, was pretty neat. Um, yeah, just mostly kind of a, you know, quiet, uh, low key sort of thing this year between especially COVID and, um, and then, you know, here when you get a half inch of snow, then everything is kind of shut down for a day on the <laughs> road. So let alone three inches or so. So, uh, yeah, but no, it was, it was nice.
2: Yeah. Awesome. I, I saw those, uh, the videos you posted on Facebook and I was very happy for you, but also very jealous. I was right. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah. Cause we were like right outside the window. I don't know. We were like right where it started to snow. Like we could see the flurries and there was maybe mm-hmm. like a, tiny little coating on the ground but just that was it so but yeah i'm really glad you got to have that
1: (laughs) (laughs) just just nothing but frigid rain and mud Uh, here mm -hmm. uh, for yeah i know we were out of the well out of the uh the the snowing atmosphere uh, for christmas but we just (laughs) stayed inside and enjoyed uh santa's Bringings and 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 uh you know continued continued going through our christmas movie catalog and and uh you know the appropriate ones or anything i didn't introduce my children to die hard this year that's a, for for another time um Maybe that one up. but yeah yeah good stuff in our house as well so tim uh, why don't you kick us off man um let's let's walk let's rewind a little bit and give me um Give me a memory. So what we've tasked one another with is just some previous episode memories or just previous episodes you want to revisit just for, for whatever reason. Um, and later on, we may also go through some films that we didn't, like I said, at the top of this program that uh, we didn't really uh, necessarily get a chance to um, recommend uh, this year. Um but we still enjoyed. So uh, Tim hit us with some uh, yeah. hit us with some, some some vintage night cheese.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna go back to one of our first one of our first few episodes. Going back, so this was like mid or oh, it came out April 24th, actually. Okay, so at the end of April, right as we're kind of settling into like the sort of somewhat lockdown, somewhat social distancing. You know, things were kind of getting pretty. Um, intense and we did an episode on a moon Uh, it's lonely out in space and I'm trying to remember the the impetus I don't I think we just chose it because it's one it just kind of came up and it's one I had never seen and I was really curious about but it surprisingly (laughs) had a lot of we we had a lot to kind of sink our teeth into as far as like the idea just being being alone you know like in the idea of like you're on your own uh, you don't have that sort of outside contact that you need. I don't know. It, it kind of fit really well with what I think we all were kind of experiencing, uh, with, with the pandemic. And it's, I, I just remember we kind of really kind of went a little more in depth than I really had thought about until we had started talking about it in the podcast itself. And so I, I, I liked that one a lot. I really, I really enjoyed that one.
1: Mm. Yeah. And no, I remember that if my memory serves correctly, I remember Either we, it was one of two things. Either it kind of organically came up in our conversation off off air, talking about Sam Rockwell.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think, um, or oh, who, who's maybe. great in that movie, by the way. Or it is what you said. I mean, this is certainly why we why we centered on it as an episode. Is I remember, you know, back when the greater American society was all friendlier <laughs> to the idea of isolating, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which was yeah checks notes about eight months ago um (laughs) three weeks for (laughs) about for about two weeks yeah uh two weeks uh no so the um but i do think i remember seeing it on some like attempted attemptedly cleverly written like buzzfeed article of oh movies about quarantining or something Mm. like that you know kind of thing i feel like i i feel like i saw that somewhere because i think i was had a bigger i much like some of our other episodes that I might reference later, I had bigger <laughs> ideas than what we ended up executing, um, and so uh, I thought about, oh, we could do a whole list of these, and then mm-hmm. like even after that first episode, which was wonderful uh, conversation and a great film, yeah. I think we both kind of decided mm, maybe we don't need to get neck deep into this emotion because we don't know how long we're going to be into this. Yeah. Little did we know, oh wow, uh, we'd still be here at the end of the year having yep. this conversation. So, oh yeah moon yes yeah. it's lonely out in space that's that's in our way back uh archive yeah, yeah. well not our way way back archive it's uh it's but yeah it was at the end of april uh if you guys are interested in revisiting that and i have no idea where you can find moon these days but that sam yeah. rockwell film it's not a particularly long film yeah. it's not a particularly big cast uh but it is a really compelling story in yeah. a great um yeah. A great sort of investigation yeah. into isolation and stuff.
2: Yeah, and I will say, if you oh, haven't God. seen it and have o- and are only going off of maybe like trailers you've seen, I was pleasantly surprised that um even watching the trailer, it was it was completely wildly different than what I expected. I kind of already had it mapped out of my brain of what it was going to be about, and I was very happy that that was completely wrong. So
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure we went heavy with the spoilers on that episode yeah. too. Oh, yeah, so yeah. if you want to yeah. see it, go watch it before you listen to our yeah, episode. Yeah, totally. For sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, we spoiled that one big time.
1: Um, Jared, were there any uh, conversations or any past episodes that you wanted to, uh, well, I say revisit, but, you know, bring up? Uh,
0: well, I mean, I think one of the first ones that I did with you guys, maybe maybe it's the second one, I'm not sure, um, was The Leftovers. And uh, that seemed like a very great, um, you know, relatable um property to do in in this year where, uh, you know, 2% of the world's population disappears. And of course the, the pandemic deaths have have fluctuated. Um, but it, has been, you know, it started out in some places at close to, you know, four or 5% and then I'm not sure now if it's, you know, maybe 1% or so. Um, you know, but, but the whole idea behind the leftovers was sort of doing a, a different take on, a sort of, sort of rapture type of TV show or, or movie or something like that, where or apocalyptic in a way, dystopian, post-apocalyptic type thing, where it's not really that exactly. It's it's just, you know, it's not a a majority of the population or or um, it's a, it's a very small percentage. And seeing how people would react to that. And I think we've wow. kind of you know gotten our own version of that with the pandemic. Um, obviously, not as much of a, a mystery element to it there with uh, with people just disappearing. but we've gotten an opportunity to see how people would react to one percent, say one percent of the population. Uh, dying from something like this and um, so I think I think the leftovers was one that was really kind of on point for me because I I already loved that show anyway and the the present circumstances even though they're very different in a way um, really made me kind of connect to that even more this year
1: yeah uh man no yeah so uh let the mystery be was the name of that episode, and we aired it uh in september in at the end of september, so um yeah if you guys are interested in that that was a that was a pretty rich conversation and um you know as far as um as far as that show goes, I mean, that was my first time viewing. It was in preparation in anticipation of recording that episode. And uh, what a you know, I'll still stand by. <laughs> um, you, you really need to uh, to hunker down for season one. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's, yeah. it's still pretty heavy, but uh, but but that notwithstanding, um, it's 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 a really wonderful. Um, Wonderful show in in its quality and the and the depth of um ah uh, man just just the the depth of theme and 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 it was really interesting to see like um we're slowly uh, we we've taken a break during the holidays because we we've, we've shifted our programming since like Halloween or so in our house to watch like, you know, seasonally thematic things. But leading up to that, we've been watching, uh, going through lost, uh, with, with, uh, my kids and, nice. um, seeing Lindel, Damon Lindelof and, and the others who went with him over to the leftovers, um, kind of graduate in a manner of speaking, to To that next uh level of uh, storytelling and kind of the the lessons they learned from yeah. Lost, both good and bad and and um those performances uh have, have, were were great i mean you know it was uh, you you both at different times had talked to me about Carrie Kuhn um and um you know that I have not had any any real interaction with her as a performer through anything i've seen um I later find out no one escapes the MCU she was a she was a part of the MCU. <laughs> right. well. but yeah. uh but that was you know as as much as you could say they wasted a performer they, yeah. they certainly did with her there um she was unrecognizable but um her and and uh, Re- Regina King who I will I'll end up bringing up again more than once uh in this episode with other stuff we talk about and um and uh help help me out this is such a shame cuz he's the main character it's just Justin Thoreau, is that right? Yeah, right. Um, I know, I know, it's not Justin Trudeau, but I always want to <laughs> say that, um, uh, and no matter how many times I know that's not right, that's the word that wants to come out. Um, but anyway, yeah, like just um, and, and of course Christopher Eccleston, uh, who yeah, we talked yeah. about a lot in that episode, um, so I won't re- revisit all that. But yeah, you know, his whole. Oh man. Um, I, I have a lot of respect for, um, I'll, I'll give the credits a little off. I mean, just because I don't know who exactly to do that for, but, um, the way they can hold, um, hold the idea of faith under the hot lamp of interrogation yeah. without breaking it. Mm-hmm. Um, is I, I i think is 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 uh really engaging and respectful uh, at the end oh, yeah. uh, of it all um and i think uh, you would probably t- i'm sure we talked about this to an extent as well as that you know you're you find uh you find the strength of your faith and how it how it's refined under pressure you know mm-hmm. um and so and this show you know shows that happen with some characters which is really cool yeah um but, yeah, so yeah, the leftovers will perpetually be on HBO Max because it was mm-hmm. an HBO original. Um, <laughs> I, I do just for just for the corner of listeners we might have who um, don't indulge very much in HBO original programming just to be warned that HBO always plays fast and loose with thematic elements in their uh, in their original programming. so just you know viewer beware uh, if that's the kind of thing you need to be aware of. but uh, but it tells a really great story um yeah. and it's uh it's a it's a good show
2: and uh something completely trivial and not important in the slight like not at all there was a, i can't remember what episode we recorded oh, man I, I don't remember now maybe it was actually where i talked about the left where we talked about like in like our favorites of the last decade and leftovers came up and i mentioned something about how like carrie coon should it like she was robbed of an Emmy, you know, <laughs> at least an Emmy, maybe multiple. And the next day I'm watching the, the good place finale. I think it was the finale the, the episode before the penultimate, one of those. And Maya Rudolph, her character talks about how she's starting to watch the leftovers and how, why didn't Carrie Coon win an Emmy for this? And it just made me feel really, I was like, wait, I said that before, you know, there your the sentiments
1: <laughs> echo into eternity.
2: Yeah. I was like, oh man, um,
1: across, across multiple
2: so, programs. That was pretty fun.
1: Oh, yeah. gosh, that's awesome. Um, okay, well, I'll go next, I guess. Um, this one uh, was bittersweet, but um, I I did not enjoy the reason to do this episode, but I enjoyed doing the episode, which was um, remembering Chadwick Boseman um, at the beginning of September. Um, that was, again, don't enjoy the reason why we did it, but it did... Pushed me to to watch a lot of his films and think of him beyond T'Challa as Black Panther, um, and uh, I was really glad that I did. Um, and it exposed me to just uh, just that episode. You know, it was really fresh uh, at, at the time of his passing, and so we also read some statements from from other like co stars of his and and things, and just the sort of I don't want to call it the legend because that makes it sound like the truth of it because called into question, but really like the myth of him has is just continuing to grow in terms of like what kind of a uh honestly just just wonderful person he was when people weren't looking, you know? Mm-hmm. And um sadly, um, I think we see a lot of the opposite, you know, in public figures, you know, um, which I mean, that's, that's humanity for you, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's all the more bittersweet to know that he's left us, but, um, without that, I don't know when I would have gotten around to seeing him play James Brown, to see him playing Thurgood Marshall. Um, even though I owned the film for years, I'd never watched his Jackie Robinson film 42. Um, and just, um, He's done some great things, and I am going to tie that real quick. I'm just going to skip ahead and we'll come back because I yeah. do want to say we had discussed in that episode that his final film, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, was uh, an August Wilson play uh, filmed with him and, uh, gosh, Viola Davis, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that is now available on Netflix. It came out um, in the past couple of weeks. Um, I have not seen that yet, but everyone I know who has seen it says that he, he steals the show. Yeah. Um, which we shouldn't be surprised. I mean, um, but he um, really did some wonderful work. And 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 you know, I, I started that whole story by by trying to say I needed to separate myself from only thinking him of him as Black Panther. But but man, oh man, did he did his contribution to that role and that entire property just change? You know, yeah, you, you know, the story of Black Panther itself is it's, it's not really about. The story, you know, the, the 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 plot of that is is nothing new under the sun. Really, you see bits and pieces of that in lots of other films, but but what was done there, and and what his contribution was to that, I think that was one of the most um, heartbreaking and striking things to me when we did that episode. Was when we were reading through things, and there was that one excerpt of an interview. It was either Ryan Coogler or Michael B. Jordan who had said it, is that he knew when they were making it like i don't think he knew how big it was going to be but he did know how important it was like more more so than any of the other any of the others contemporaries knew how important it was going to be like i think he said this is our star wars this is our lord of the rings and like this Mm. is you know this is going to be a major thing and it was and even more so than he, he was probably imagining and so um yeah as an adjacent piece of news they they aren't going to be recasting him for the sequel and they've said that they'll be uh marvel has said they will be um um kind of you know exploring more characters within the wakanda to center the story around instead which Mm -hmm. um that is the decision they're making um I'm okay with that decision personally, but and I've seen some people who aren't, and I under, And I would say I understand that, but I understand where they're coming from with that, too, because yeah. um, it was just this big, massive, you know, no pun intended with the story of the film, but this massive asteroid of, of representation just exploding, and and now their, their figurehead of that is gone, and they're not going to put anybody else there anymore to, to carry the torch, which mm-hmm. at least that's what it looks like right now you know um so it's you know i can understand the mixed feelings on that but um i don't know they did such a good job at building such a rich um um environment in wakanda that uh, Mm -hmm. i think a few other characters can probably share that load together maybe um i don't but i don't know yeah Yeah. Yeah,
2: yes i about a week ago we were able to watch uh marini's black bottom and it was it Mm. was fantastic it was really i'm glad you brought mention it because yeah we um I kind of it was funny I remember when he had passed away, they mentioned that that movie was coming out in the future, and i just kind of forgot about it since then until it popped up you know when we were kind of searching through it to watch and he he is i mean viola davis is is wonderful as well, but he yeah he there's just something connect- i mean just something about him, it's, it's just and to know you know I, I'm not exactly sure when this is filmed, but just what he had been going through over the last few years and to still be able to to perform like that it's just it's uh yeah, it's pretty masterful, I mean it's it's incredible. So it was a great great movie, and he is he's amazing in it.
1: Um, Tim, uh, any uh, do you want to take another stab at a since we're going around uh in the virtual circle here?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm glad Jared mentioned the, the leftovers episode. I was going to bring that one up too. That was one I felt like I was almost afraid to, to make it a topic because I loved it so much. And, like, mm. I, don't, I didn't think there was anything we could, I, you know, it was one of those, like, I want it to be worth, you know, justify, you know, I don't know what we say, like, match up to. And I, I felt like it was, I love I loved that episode and what we talked about. So, um, so I'm glad you mentioned that one. Uh, the other one that I, I really had a lot of fun with because it was a little bit different uh, because we talked about Two episodes and their or two films and their relationship, but and, and the title, just I, I adore Mother Boy sixty, <laughs> where we talked about uh, Psycho and Diabolique and their kind of their relationship together, but their similarities and their differences and how they kind of worked with each other. Uh, I I just had a, so much fun with that and and I both of those films I, I I hadn't seen in a long time, so going being able to go back and kind of watch it again with kind of kind of fresh eyes. And just really kind of think more about the background of the directors and how, not that it was an actual like legitimate competition, but how you could tell there was some sort of like, okay, this guy might, you know, outshine me. I need to see what I can do to kind of match him and and that kind of give and take. And it was a really, I just had so much fun watching those, but then also talking about that and like the, the significance of each. So that was, that was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, that was a fun episode. Um, you know, a couple of things. That was my first time seeing either film. Um, Psycho or Diablo League. and so um that episode was really fresh on my mind and that also awesome. um that sort of created it wasn't a, it's not a habit I've been able to maintain for every episode since then, but when one became available I um I I would engage in it which is um if time allowed which I don't know in in a post If we ever get to a post-COVID world, um, I probably won't be able to do this as much anymore, but I've made use of the time uh, in this way to watch like supplemental documentary materials to like further Mm, inform me. And uh, that was the first episode I did that with, which was um, the Hulu documentary that um, in sort of – uh, dove a little deeper on the shower scene of psycho um which was which was really fun to do and um yeah you know just getting to discuss those things about about hitchcock and 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 Clouseau and how um yeah how those films were because we didn't really we weren't we didn't really premeditatedly decide to pair those movies together mm-hmm. like those were just two because psycho was actually she doesn't listen to the show, so it's fine what, uh, psycho <laughs> was nominated by my mom um uh out of all of our listeners um I went to my social media accounts and asked people like hey we want we want talk about some horror movies you know this uh this October um what do you got and my mom was like oh you should w-. she she wouldn't post it she she called me uh, on, uh we, <laughs> So not for that reason, I mean, we talk regularly, but she was like, "You know you should yes, or have you ever seen psycho? I'm like, and she's told me this story about my dad taking her on a date to go see psycho, which wow. blew my mind <laughs> um the two of them, I'm like, well, that's interesting <laughs> um, so anyway, it's you know it's, it's so it, that was an entertaining conversation, uh, apart from the episode, but um so that you know inspired psycho and Tim had had diabolik on his short list for us to go over for a long time and we had just never gotten around to it. So it's just kind of funny that those films would be kind of destined to be tied together yeah. in history. Yeah. And that we were able to work that out in the same episode it was a lot of fun. Hmm. Um so yeah that one uh yeah Mother Boy 60 uh which yeah that and um, Chef's kiss of uh intro <laughs> outro music credit oh, goes to gosh. Tim who does all our producing um for for that and for that episode was was wonderful uh, anybody who recognizes that tune yeah. um from arrested development really can put an entire another layer of of Man. the norman bates uh yeah. mother relationship in, in a whole new light that,
2: um that yeah. might be so. one of my i mean i'll have to double check the list but that one is probably one of my favorite titles that we I, ah, man, it's just perfect.
1: And kudos to you because I wanted you to play something else for that episode oh. and you found that one instead. And you were like, oh, and I was just like, oh, I take a back seat to you. So well, I
2: couldn't believe that that song actually existed as a full song. Uh, oh, I, yeah. I didn't realize that at Rested Development, I guess they had released a soundtrack of a lot of the original songs huh. from the TV show. Uh, mm. and <laughs> I it, it just was one of those discoveries that I was just so happy existed. So. I was like, we've got That's
1: to, amazing. we've got to put this in. <laughs> oh man. All right, Jared. Um, any, any other ones you want to bring up?
0: Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do one more too. Um, I, I'll just do, well, I, well actually I'll just touch briefly on, on two of these. Um, cause I don't know how much in depth material I have to say about them, but I think I, I enjoyed, um, in the same way that I enjoyed discussing the leftovers because of present circumstances, I enjoyed, uh, being able to discuss idiocracy because of <laughs> present circumstances. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you say um, president
1: circumstances?
0: <laughs> uh, something I, I, I try to leave all of my words open to interpretation. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, what's funny is I had had a friend of mine who had, um, who had just been hounding me to see. Idiocracy, because, you know, for those who don't know me, I have had a lot of opinions um, about politics over the last few years. And <laughs> um, so basically he, he, was, he was he was like, man, you got to see you got to see a, idiocracy because so many things that we would talk about could just be related to that. So I was really glad that um, this came up with us and, you know, I had a, a push to to watch it and. Um, because, you know, I, I think as we kind of talked during the episode, like the movie itself only has a certain amount of depth and a certain amount of material that you can mine from it. But it's really kind of the the parallel to some of the things we see um, now that makes it, you know, very much worth seeing and talking about. Um, and so then just the other one for. You know, a little bit uh, uh, deeper material was um, Event Horizon uh, because that had always been, you know, it it holds a special place in my heart as one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Even though it's not deserving, really, probably <laughs> of that that status, it, it's just like so much about nostalgia. And then, you know, I think really going back and and watching the film again, it's like, oh, this this. I I knew the CGI didn't hold up very well, but really like half of the movie at least does not hold up very well. So um, it but it was good to be able to to talk about it with with other people. And um, also even just sort of spark my memory uh, that, that they're actually, you know, they are doing a a series, mini series series, whatever it's going to be, which I'm cautiously excited about and, you know, hoping that they're able to, to mine more from the concept than what the movie provided, because I think there's so much material there and so much potential there. So, um, yeah, I think, I think both of those two kind of stood out to me for different reasons.
1: And from that episode, from the event horizon episode, um, save yourself from 1997. Uh, by the way, everybody, if, uh, you're interested in revisiting that. It was at the beginning of October in the beginning of our series of horror films. Um, I think one of you, I think it might have been you, Jerry, that was talking about how how rushed that film was to production, right?
0: Yeah, I think we, um, oh, yeah. we kind of withdraw. I think maybe even you looked up some of the, you know, a lot of the, the stats on – how how fast they had to shoot it, which I don't remember off the top of my head, but I, I just remember it being a crazy short amount of time. Uh, so I definitely am more forgiving of it, it, its flaws, you know, because of that.
1: Well, I was just going to say on the ter- on the topics of optimism with both of the episodes you, you mentioned, I was going to say, one, you know, that gives me some optimism for the series. If they if they actually are allotted the amount of time they need to feel like they have done all they need to do on it. Um, and also I was going to circle back around and ask you now that we are, you know, knock on wood, um, less than a month away from inauguration day, um, is, is, uh, idiocracy funnier to you now than, than it could have been under alternative circumstances or are you still just want to kind of <laughs> keep it locked away in the box that it needs to be in, um, Um, I think it's one of those
0: things where it's going to take some time (laughs) to get removed. (laughs) It's going to, it's going to take some time to be removed. Um, because it's not like, it's not like a sore spot for me necessarily. It's just like being exhausted. Like, and, and actually I can, I can draw a film parallel here, um, in in going back and talking about going through a film program. Um, there was, there was a point during those two years where, um, we, uh, we were, I was in an acting elective class. There was acting one and acting two, and then there was directing one and directing two and for directing two or for acting two and directing two, like whoever was in acting two had to be actors for the directing two students um, for their final films of the year. And so we had a day of uh, auditions and honestly, I've never experienced anything like it in life. And it it gave me so much more appreciation for actors uh, because I've never been that mentally drained before. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't even know how to really describe, I mean, nothing, no traumatic event that's happened to me, Uh, nothing has been that mentally draining. Like when I got done with that day, I literally just like went home and sat down and I wasn't physically tired. I didn't want to go to sleep. I just stared at a wall. I just stared at a wall. It's like it it had just emptied my my brain out. On a more long-term level, the past four years have just sort of – emptied my brain out. I'm just sort of exhausted. So, uh it, it maybe maybe once we get past this a little bit, a month, a year, 50 years, something <laughs> like that, I can I can go back in and, and laugh at it a little bit more, but right now, um it, it's it's funny. It's still funny, but it's uh it's going to take some time before I can really like sit back and be like, "Ha, remember when we went through almost the same thing as this movie?"
1: <laughs> brought to you by Carl Juniors. Right. Oh man. Yeah. Fair enough. Indeed.
0: The thirst mutilator.
1: <laughs> it's got electrolytes. <laughs> um, oh man. Wow. So, um, yeah, I I I will go back and just uh uh, I'll put a couple of these episodes together because um, they're on kind of a similar topic. So, uh, you know, this was not the... Uh, I just realized the three episodes I'm talking about are all kind of heavy-handed, but, uh, well, um, they, they left an impression on me, I guess. So, um, you know, earlier this June, uh, or over the summer, we um, kind of had the the reckonings of another... Uh, I don't know I want to even say it, but just a a refocus on the issues of racial injustice in our country, right? So, you know, Tim and I, um, at the time, we were already kind of happening upon movies because, you know, there's a lot of uh, – one thing that I found encouraging, if that's even a word that is good to use uh, in this context, is that more people who kind of held their – discouragement and, and disdain for, for these types of injustice at arm's length in the past, we're getting more engaged in one form or another. Um, certainly not saying that, uh, we've by an, any means, you know, solved anything that there still aren't lots of issues that need to be kind of unraveled and unpacked and rebuilt and stuff. But, um, the seminar we're talking about it, we're like, Hey, you know, we do this podcast and we've been doing it for two months at this point. um, why don't we talk about movies that are related to this stuff? Uh, and maybe we, as the guys that we are could stand to learn a thing or two. And, uh, if we, um, you know, and not, not to be the, you know, sort of film, uh, I say authorities like, like we are even with the nerdy stuff, but you know, um, nevertheless, we had, um, decided to kind of, you know, d- dive into these. So, uh in June we did two of these back-to-back episodes, one for the film uh, If Beale Street Could Talk and then another for uh The Hate You Give. And um those were really special uh to me. One is ju- just because both of those films are really good, um and I'm always happy uh, to do that but um so we we had called it our conversations of color series and uh, going back to the joke i made at the beginning of the episode about my vision being bigger than what we actually execute um i was hoping we could do more films and actually bring in like a guest every week to do that and it, you know we we did get it to work for the hate you give um a dear friend of our family's uh sean who is um our um our my, my teenage kid's uh, youth pastor at our church um, uh, came on for the Hate You Give and offered a really uh, fresh and, and appreciated perspective on things And, um, and then also just um, really the artistry of if Beale Street could talk um, was really impressive um, and uh, Regina King and Bahu's movies. and that was not by design. For me to, you know, continue my sort of podcast crush on her performances and stuff. <laughs> but um that was just a happy accident. Um, but we had talked uh I'd, we've talked a lot about her this year, I have at least um, between different properties that she's just happened to be in and and owns whatever scene she's in. Uh again, like my favorite scene from leftovers i i think or at least top three is the scene with her and carrie Coon sitting on the couches across from each other and yeah, yeah. Uh, just just staring daggers yeah. into each other like it was the doc Holliday and johnny ringo of <laughs> of of silent conversations yeah um it was a uh, yeah really impressive stuff so um that was a uh i was really glad that um Sad for the reason, why, much like Chadwick Boseman, sad for the reason that we were doing it, but I'm really glad that it was something we got to engage in and has opened me up to uh, more properties and stuff um, that has expanded my appreciation for film and uh, certain actors and directors and stuff. So that's, uh, that's been really great. Um so are we are we done with the episode retrospective portion of things? Are we if okay. I didn't... left out anybody or did it or was there any other ones anybody wanted to bring up? I'm
2: good. You all kind of hit anything else I was gonna bring up, so I think that's perfect.
1: I just wanna say real quick too, this is not an official pick, but as we were talking, two episodes I just wanted to mention were just so much fun to do, um, especially since Jared came on to assist us. Where the was the Dark Knight trilogy episode and the Tombstone episode were both. Mm, yeah, I don't know that I felt like usually when we're done with these because I talk so much, my throat is just <laughs> wrecked and, and I'm tired, I'm tired, but I'm not sleepy, you know. And and I just, you know, the next day is a little bit of a transition for me to get to be useful as a person again. Um, but I don't think I was in a better mood all year than I was after the end of both of those episodes and that that batman episode was like a good 3 hours yeah. that we went <laughs> yeah. but um but it didn't feel like a dull moment now granted we went yeah. over three movies so that accounts for part of it but but um that but that was a blast and uh, i hope you guys had fun with those as well
2: absolutely yeah those were a ton of fun
1: um we want to transition into sort of a, the next phase as we we head towards wrapping things up here tonight um you know it's been a busy year and we have gone over a lot of things we have had, let's see, give me just a quick, um, including tonight, we have done about 35 episodes this year. Um, yeah, 35. Pretty, pretty impressive. Um, I'm, I'm really proud of that. Um, I hope you guys are too. And you, you, Tim and Jared, not our listeners. You, you don't <laughs> need to be proud of, the fact that not that here. <laughs> I got. a little, bit, but not that much. Um, so obviously, um, with COVID being what it was and all of the practices that the three of us put into play, it you know, gave us a little more time to watch some stuff. Uh, and, and not everything we saw was really episode worthy, but we really did enjoy it, you know? Um, or whether it was a new season of a show we'd already discussed or, um, a good film or a good show just never made the rounds. So, uh, I want to take the next few moments to go around again, guys. And, uh, uh let me, let us know, um, as many as you might have that you want to go over, anyways, that you brought prepared tonight, any sort of, uh, m- you know, many recommendations um, sure. that you have as we wrap up
2: 2020? Tim. Sure. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sounds good. No. I, so the first one, I'm, I'm, uh, I feel kind of bad because it is one we actually talked about. Okay. I will say we recorded it in April and it ended up being one of those because we, we recorded a bunch like back in April and kind of held them. That way, in case we needed to slot it in you know, for like backup, if there was a week, we couldn't you know record, and this is one of those, yeah, we recorded in April, and I don't think it posted until October. it was one of our during our kind of scary movie horror movie kind of uh series and but you know I was trying to I was thinking this week of like if I could pick a favorite current favorite current t v show, um it was one back in April that I, I mean I was head over heels about, and I feel like now even even after seeing more you know a lot more shows since then. It's still just, I think, my favorite show of the year, but uh, Better Call Saul uh, this mm-hmm. season. Um, if you haven't if you haven't started the show, I highly, highly recommend it. If you love Breaking Bad, I feel like it's doing everything... You know, it's like... I think I mentioned it then. It's like the team behind Breaking Bad, which is already a team of just people who were like really at the top of their game, just really... I feel like they cut their teeth. They really honed their craft with Breaking Bad, and now they're kind of just... They're kind of now you're seeing... Everything they have learned, everything they have—almost like the Damon Lindelof, you know, going from Lost to Leftovers to Now Watchmen—you're um, just really seeing them excel. And I, I feel like the last, last season, season four, so a couple from a couple years ago, was great, but you could tell it was a lot of uh, set building momentum. You know, it was kind of setting the pieces, and now season five was kind of watching everything just take off, and it was the closest. I mean, it was almost like a perfect. Season of TV, it was it was amazing, amazing, and the last episode just left you at this point where you, ugh, man, I, I'm just I'm dreading because that's the kind of show where the writers really take their time to get it right, and so I don't, I have no idea. I mean, they sometimes they go a year between mm. seasons, sometimes a year and a half, two. I mean, they really want to make sure they get everything everything right, story wise, you know. And so they they are just kind of they're really perfecting their what they're what they're great at, and I just. It's amazing to watch. It's so much fun, uh, so I highly recommend it. Better Call Saul, even even this many months in after you know, it came out early in uh, early in 2020, but it still was uh, I think my favorite show of the year. Uh, so the the next one was one of those that I feel like we might all be in have had this situation this year, especially is going back and kind of visiting shows that I knew I should have watched when they came out but never did. There's one show, so I don't know if you guys ever watched The Wire, which came out like mid 2000s, I think ended 2009 or 2010 no maybe even less than that but uh phenomenal one of probably my favorite show i've ever seen uh david simon who created that show right after did um a brief you know 3 4 season um show on hbo called treme uh, focusing on uh partially that the treme uh, district in new orleans but new orleans as a whole just it's set several months maybe 6 months after hurricane katrina and um it is just uh, one of those Shows it's hard to explain. It's it's It has a plot, but it kind of also just drops you into, like, the world of these four or five different characters throughout the city, and you learn about them, you learn about the city, the culture. It just kind of immerses you in New Orleans, and uh, New Orleans, the city itself, kind of becomes its own character as well. Um, and so it's not nothing like really, you know, there's not anything like, any gripping sort of what's going to happen next necessarily, sometimes there is, but a lot of it's just this, you seeing the daily lives of these people, and obviously sometimes there's something ga- happening where you know you're really curious, but a lot of it's almost kind of just keeping up with these people in their lives, and they just they just kind of drop you it. Uh, it was just a beautiful show, and they really they kind of just this is a weird example. One thing I love about David Simon is he doesn't feel the need to like baby you or like do the more exciting, not more exciting. What's the more um, word i don't know like clickbait i don't know if that's not the right way but like i feel like a lot of shows they have to kind of up the ante up the stakes you know to kind of get you engaged they have they have to jump really quickly from scene to scene and, and there are so many times in the show where you would just see one of the characters who may be like a trombone you know a trombonist you know playing in a band and they would just linger and watch this band play a whole song uh, on stage and usually you know i could I could tell like thir- you're used to like maybe 30 seconds in, 15 seconds in, kind of jumping to the next exciting thing. But that just kind of letting you sit there in it all and be a part of it. it there's just this warmth to the show that I just really, I, it kind of just, you're like a fly on the wall um, in a lot of these situations. And I, I really loved and it. And it's one of those shows that obviously it's, you know, focused on individuals, but through those individuals, you see a lot of, the layers of society and the injustices surrounding you know what happened after Katrina like it it focused not only on individual issues but it kind of through their lives you see the layers of systemic um, problems you know that exist in New Orleans and I mean in, in the U.S. but uh, it's just a, a fantastic show so now and it was only four seasons it was really short I think it got canceled unfortunately so I highly recommend it. and that is on HBO Max so just to keep up my uh, film snob credential, I'm just joking. Um, so another thing I've been kind of, not, not as much as I would like, but going through a lot of, you know, I have a subscription to Criterion Channel, and um, there's a few directors over the last several years that have been kind of really um, engaged, you know, and uh piqued my interest. And there is one film that just kind of has continued to be something that I go back to thought why, Like, I think about this film a lot. Um, there is a, a brothers, uh, Luc and Jean-Pierre Dardenne, the Dardenne brothers uh, from Belgium, and they did. I don't. I feel bad. I don't know if they're still making movies now, but uh, especially during the '90s, um, a lot of fantastic movies. Um, and there is one they did in 1996 called La Promesse, uh, and it's just a simple, a simple story. It's just one of those that just the watching uh, character that you kind of grow and fall in love with. Um, and watching them have to make these really difficult moral choices, um, it, it's a really, really, really powerful film. It's basically about a, a 15-year-old kid um, who, whose father, um, he—I'm trying to think of the right way—he he basically smuggles in uh, into Belgium undocumented immigrants, promising them, "Hey, I'll, I'll get you visas, I'll get you work permits." Uh, but when they get here, he takes their passports, and they kind of have to work for him for very little pay help you know helping kind of with his construction um with the promise you know eventually they will get their passports back but it's a really just kind of horrible just really really almost like trafficking um and mm-hmm. his son who's 15 just kind of has to kind of help him he has to kind of be involved he doesn't really know what he's doing he's just kind of helping his dad do this and um there's a, a certain and this is early on so it's not giving away much but early in the film um police or like immigration or customs I'm not sure what the name is in Belgium, uh, come, and in the kind of mad dash to kind of hide everybody, uh, one of this one immigrant um, from somewhere in North Africa uh, falls to his death. And or as he's dying, he tells his son, you know, please, you know, look out, you know, promise me that you'll watch out for my, you know, wife and child, help that you'll help them. And so that's where the title comes up, promesse, the Promise. And it... And he he agrees to you know to help to help this uh, this man out, um, and so the, just the rest of the film is that um, push between family you know his father doing what his father wants, but also knowing what he should do like the right thing to do in helping this family, uh, and that tension. And I'm I'm really I'm trying to like not say much, but uh, just just those kind of split second moral choices. Uh, just watching like a sympathetic a character that you know he's involved in something he doesn't really know much about and seeing him you know having to to wrestle with these um problems i, I it was just a really really wonderful film and i highly recommend it and uh that is I, if it should still be it may not be anymore but it was on the criterion channel so if it's still there um definitely check it out and and the a lot of what the darden brothers a lot of what they do is really kind of powerful in that sense they really kind of take you into maybe one or two individuals really focus on these characters and their daily lives and um, what they have to deal with. And those kind of, not simple, but kind of, but just those choices you don't really think much about in the, in the moment, it's like, what would you do? You know, uh, it's just really, 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 really great filmmaking. So I I recommend that film.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing. So that just to recap, that was, um, the oh shoot oh, i'm that's, sorry uh, that's okay sh- no you said tremay and right, yeah. friends, what, what was the first oh, one better call saw yeah better yeah. call right yep. okay no we'll worries we did an episode yeah yeah okay. no the worries. one that i should have remembered no it's all, okay. it. so. all right awesome no thank you for sharing tim Much sure. appreciated. uh jared um what 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 would you like to share
0: um so i'll do uh, I'll I'll do 4 but two each two were kind of grouped together in two pairs um because because one pair is um a pair of Korean films um uh one you guys actually did I just I just wasn't um uh, you know on board at that point uh Parasite oh, man. um yes. and you know it it was such an interesting movie because I really didn't know much of anything about it and you know I don't watch a lot of foreign films uh, oddly enough like I think I used to watch more foreign films when I was younger now uh, or when I was younger than now so I think I don't know maybe um, reading subtitles I've just gotten too lazy for it um, <laughs> but uh, it, that was fantastic that was fantastic I, I when I saw because uh, I think it was up against once upon a time in Hollywood um, for Academy Awards and I'm like how did how did something beat once upon a time in Hollywood, and then I saw it. And I'm like, oh wow, okay, that is that is very good. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't want to really go into um, in depth on it. I mean, obviously, if, if people you know listen to that podcast, they they know. Um, but anyone who hasn't uh, should just go go see it.
1: Uh, I think or, that was one know. of the few episodes where we remained spoiler free for the most. Part. Really? Okay. Yeah, I,
2: th- I think. did we? No, I don't remember now. Do you remember? I remember being, I, we well, do, it was yeah. the
1: first, it was our first episode back that we weren't doing a recap. Yeah. It was our first okay. like original episode back. And yeah. I was so nervous about yeah. spoiling that because, yeah. because I had just seen it. Yeah, You you had been trying to get me to watch it for weeks and, <laughs> and, uh, and uh yeah. So, but no, I mean, I, I, f- I remember f- at least starting the episode feeling very careful. I don't know if okay. we, no, if we yeah. held out or not.
2: I think right. we because I remember also with the farewell and that same. I think we didn't reveal a ton of that either, especially yeah. like the, the ending. And so I think, yeah, but yeah, man, what a what a film! Oh my goodness.
1: All right, yeah. Jared. Sorry, man. Go ahead. Yeah. No,
2: no, it's fine.
0: <laughs> um, no, that's that's kind of all I really want to say about about it. Um, the other one, and I'm not sure if you guys have seen this one. It's on Netflix, and I only recently saw it. Is um, Train to Busan.
1: I've heard of that, but I have, this, not. But yeah, I have I've, not seen it.
0: I want to, it, yeah. It, it's, uh, so it's a zombie movie. Um, but it's a very interesting zombie movie. Um, it's got its own little, you know, it's got its own little wrinkles as much as any zombie movie can, you know? Um, but I, it, 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 it actually does, you know, some things, uh, even visually, um, uh, that, um, Yeah, I think are just really cool that uh, you know zombie movies haven't haven't done before, and it's got a really heartfelt story. So, um, yeah, I think I think uh, that's another one that that I would recommend for you guys. Um, You know, maybe it can be a future uh, future episode, or something. You know, so. That's awesome. um, um, And then the other two are TV series. Um, One of them I've been watching from the beginning. And I have a, um, strained relationship with Westworld. Um, Mm. Westworld is sort of like event horizon, which hopefully (laughs) event horizon, the TV series will be better than event horizon, the movie and Westworld, the TV series. Mm -hmm. Um, Westworld is one of those with, Oh gosh, it's got so much potential. Sometimes it hits on it, mm-hmm. um, but it feels like that's more often than not, it doesn't quite hit on it. But um, what was kind of interesting was, uh, and, and it's sort of like, in, in in sort of the time jumps or time gaps between seasons, it's like uh, what you were talking about, Tim, with Better Call Saul, like where, oh, okay, well, the season just finished. We'll get the next one in maybe three years. Yeah. I don't know, you know. <laughs> um, so... It, but but it definitely evolved from its original concept. Uh, I won't I won't spoil that. Um, but it 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 moved into a, a different sort of phase, and a lot of people didn't like that. Um, I actually kind of liked it because I felt like they were sort of spinning their wheels at some point through the first couple seasons, sort of using jumping around through different timelines to hide mediocre storytelling. Mm. Um, and I felt like they, they made some positive steps with that. I think, I think part of the thing that upset a lot of fans was really just, and and I don't know that they even really realized this was the fact that the multiple timelines weren't really there anymore to hide, (laughs) um, some of the, you know, storytelling flaws. But I felt like the storytelling in, in some ways did, um, get better if, if if it had been i think on on the level of of um one of the previous seasons and it would have been uh, really rough so yeah. anyway I, I was glad that they at least tried to do something different with that uh anyway so that's all i want to say about that one, i don't know if we've ever one, talked about this but that is like my feelings
2: exactly about westworld like to a t yeah. i it's like <laughs> okay. i i love like the first episode like okay they're setting these interesting piece. you know this is interesting And then I'm like constantly like either, you know, it's like this love hate thing where I just am really let down, but still really intrigued (laughs) by the whole idea. It's it's really like it's one of those that I feel like other shows I would have given up on a long time ago, but I can't stop. I'm still so curious about (laughs) what they're doing.
0: Oh yeah,
1: so yeah, Yeah. sounds like a bit of an abusive relationship.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is, and I feel like I feel like we're going to get to the end of the series, and I don't know if it goes five seasons, seven seasons, or what. And it's just going to feel like you got strung along the whole time, you know. Mm. Um, I don't know, but well, I'm I'm glad you you have the same feelings on that. Um, Yeah. Uh, Uh, So, so the last one I want to talk about, um, is yeah, like, um, I think maybe, I think it was you that mentioned it, Stephen was, was of course during this pandemic, uh, a lot of time at home and there's been an opportunity to just dive into series that you've never watched before. So, um, my favorite thing that I jumped into this year, uh, that I really want to push you guys into is, uh, the expanse. Um, and I know Stephen had kind of, heard of it a little bit i'm not sure tim if if you have or not you're gonna laugh in the last week and a half two weeks we actually started it
2: and are on season two now <laughs> okay okay good once
1: good. again yeah. steven pulling up the rear
0: <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun so, so far
1: don't worry next september we'll do a retrospective on <laughs> the expanse like we did the leftovers now
0: excellent well, this, this is good i'm glad i'm glad you're on board so then <laughs> the two of us together can can peer pressure steven so it doesn't take much <laughs> so, yeah. so I don't want to hype this up too much. Um, for me, the fir- like I kind of struggled to get through the first season and a half. It was about midway through season two, and I'm like, you know, I, I like this show, but like it's just not really grabbing me. And but I'm gonna keep going because a I don't really have anything better to do, um, and and b. I've heard so many people just rave about this. And so I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And then about halfway through season two is the point where, which seems to be the point where I really jump in a lot of shows. I don't know if that's something (laughs) about the way shows are structured or if it's just me. Like, I, I need you to give me, you know, like, 16 episodes to before I'm really willing to emotionally commit to you. Uh, I, I don't know, but it, but um, I've I told Steven, like uh, with, this is us, the, the show, this is us. Like that's mm-hmm. about like, right, right where it kind of hooked me to. Um, but season two, about midway through season two, there's a point where I'm like, well, where are they going to go from here? And a lot of times when I ask that question, I find out later, Oh, not very far there's not much of a you know not much of a plan here uh but with the expanse it's like where it really just kind of takes off for me um and again i don't want to hype it up too much i'm not going to be able to avoid that uh since you're still watching (laughs) here it's top 10 all-time favorite shows for me probably top five pushing towards like top three so i i I love it that much there's um there's one character in particular that i I think's just a great character. there's a lot of great characters on the show, but one in particular that uh I love how they 're written um so uh it it actually was on and and part of the confusion with me part of the thing with me is that for the first three seasons it was on the sci fi network and Sci-fi, there are a couple of networks, sci-fi being one of them and Fox being the other, that I refuse to watch anything on them because I don't want to get into a show and then have it canceled after half a season or one season or one and a half seasons or whatever. And so I just don't do it. And I thought I I remembered hearing like, didn't The Expanse get canceled? And it did. It was on sci-fi and it got canceled after three seasons and then Amazon picked it up um so it's uh it's it's got three more uh well it it's season six it's going through season six and then um there's sort of what they call like a natural pause in the storyline um because it's based on books and so i'm not sure what's going to happen with it beyond season six because right now season six is is going to be the sort of the series finale but sounds like maybe that that won't be a case it may just be more of a pause and then they they reboot it or not necessarily reboot it but you know pick it back up later but um the expanse is by far uh the best thing that i've picked up in 2020 and would highly recommend that to everybody wow that's awesome
2: yeah i'm i'm season I'm, i we just finished season 1 a few days ago and started season 2 and i i'm with you i didn't love season 1 i i did appreciate how nothing stayed the same. Like there was actual momentum and like at the end of every episode, the characters were all in a different place, something mm-hmm. different. Like it felt like there was movement. And sometimes, you know, some shows they just, there's a lot of, you know, filler or wheel spinning and you're, it's just, I, I appreciated Like, Oh wow. These guys are much more di-. like a lot of that. Like where good or bad, like just a lot of crazy things happened that was unexpected. Yeah. And I kind of appreciated the direction, even though I didn't know what was happening. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of kept me going. I've been really intrigued. And it's as you learn more about things, it's, it's gotten gotten interesting. But I think maybe we're like three episodes in. So we're not quite halfway to season two. So I'm really yeah. excited now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Good. OK. Well, I mean, we've already got a plethora of really awesome things to be recommended. I'll uh, wrap things up with uh, three three titles that I saw. Uh, for the first time this year that I really like to recommend. The first one is actually a um it's actually a family it's it's very recent. It's a um family friendly Christmas film. It's called uh Jingle Jangle A Christmas Journey. Um it's a Netflix original film. Um and it stars uh Forrest Whitaker, uh Keegan Michael Key, um Felicia Rashad is in it. Um, and a few, um, and a few like unknown actors, uh, that are, that are children. Um, it's, it's basically just a, um, you know, you know, on the outside, it, it, you would be tempted to think of it as just another, nothing against Netflix original, you know, holiday films. Uh, one thing that we discovered this Christmas season is that Netflix has now dipped its toe into the Hallmarkian quality of, uh, Christmas films, which listen, when, when you're, when you have, you know, COVID keeping you inside, you just burn through whatever you got, you know, in terms of films. So I do not I don't hate that so much this year, but, um, we saw the trailer for this one and this is just a full on beautiful, um, not just a film, not just like a, a one time consumption, uh, like. Christmas movie for the family or something. I think this earns its stripes to be to be in the um to be in the elf conversations, the home alone conversations, the Christmas vacation conversations, you know, in terms of the stuff that you're going to come back to the next Christmas and watch again. Um it's this really fully um fully realized and fully produced. Like it just I mean, not that this should be all that matters, but it doesn't look cheap. Like Mm. even the slightest, it looks like a lot of effort went into it. It's, um, it's part, you know, it's part just Christmas fantasy, you know? Um, but at the same time, it's a musical and the choreography in it is fantastic. Um, I didn't know Keegan-Michael Keegan dance, uh, like he does, but he's, and he's the villain in this movie. Like he's, he's like this, uh, I don't know. There, there's, there's little parts of different movies kind of in it. Like there's a little bit of Willy Wonka in there. There's a little bit of, um, there's a little bit of Wally in there. There's a little bit of like ET ish type stuff in there too. Anyway. Um, there's, there's so much more I could say about it. Um, but to, to kind of recommend it from the outside, it, it, it is kind of a simple description. Like, I mean, you know, it sets out to do this thing and, and, and it won't, you know, tiptoe around the fact that it's almost um a solely african american cast too um i will say although um ricky martin of live in la vida loca fame uh voices a animatronic uh matador toy who has like all of the charm of like iago from aladdin like he's just, you know, this kind of like backbiting sort of, you know, sarcastic side evil sidekick, which which is really funny. And he he's actually a corrupted toy. Like the thing is is that like Forrest Whitaker is this old man who's this old inventor. and all of his like creations were stolen by a rival uh toy maker, including Ricky Martin's little matador and stuff, which which comes alive and, and stuff. And and um so anyway, his granddaughter has like come to stay with him. And, you know, it's all about, you know, him kind of like recovering his confidence and being great again and seeing seeing her kind of have that same kind of magic in her and stuff. Anyway, anyway, it's you know, it all sounds really kind of Christmas corny when you say it out loud. But, you know, there's but so does Elf, right? Mm -hmm. Elf has this truckload of sentiment when it went in it when you sit down and watch it and, you know. And just let it kind of affect you, and this film is very much like that too. Uh, in that, you know, um, it's it it it's not short on sentiment at all, but but it works, you know. Um, and and honestly, I think that um, sincere sentiment in television or film or anything nowadays is in really short supply um, because of the world we live in and how satire and jaded perspectives on life and stuff and, and 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 cynicism can really kind of win the day and storytelling and even seeing is more marketable in some ways like so so for something to take that sort of hopeful approach and actually pull it off are two different two different things there and uh, for it to do that well is really good so um, that's still on Netflix I, I don't know how their Christmas original material goes and it will just stay on netflix forever or if they'll take it off and then like put it back on later closer to next christmas or not but anyway that's really good um the next one is kind of out of left field uh for night cheese and for what we do and it's actually uh it's a it's a it's a 10-part documentary series from this summer called the last dance um so um I, we don't talk a ton about this on Night Cheese, but one of my passions in, in, in watching things is uh, ESPN's 30 for 30 documentary series um, and all the little stories they tell in documentary format about... I mean, you know, sports is one of the great narrative makers uh, that we have uh, when, when the right story is there. And combine that with um, one of the biggest um, well, one of the biggest athletes of all time. And one of the biggest, like, 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 like a, a juicy steak of nostalgia and, and Michael Jordan and the mid nineties, Chicago bulls. Um, this is, this is the story of, and, and what a gem it was too, because I don't, I don't know how many people knew about this. Of course I was like, 16 or 17 when this was happening in real time but the um, michael jordan's final season with the chicago bulls the 1997-98 nba season was actually they were actually followed around by a film crew that year and in the Chicago press and in the, the press of the NBA, like they, they were, you know, the mega team of the 90s in basketball outside of the 1992 Olympic team anyway. And so, um, you know, the, their coach, Phil Jackson, had gotten into um, a dispute with uh, the ownership of the organization and they had publicly said before the beginning of the season that this would be his last uh, season coaching the Bulls. And I should mind you, for those of you who don't know anything about Chicago Bulls is from 1991 to 1993, Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and a few other players won three NBA championships in a row. Then Michael Jordan decided to play baseball in 1994 and 1995 where the Bulls did not win a title. He came back in 96, 97, and 98, and guess what happened? They won three titles again. So like that, there was there was Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan. Sorry, different documentary um, that is not going to make this episode. Um, that I just remembered I watched this year as well. Um, Same, yeah. My, Michael Jordan and, and this Phil Jackson coach team, like they weren't doing anything wrong at all. They were riding as high as you could possibly be riding. And at the beginning of the season, like the the general manager of the team just like throws a grenade on the whole team. And it's just like, well, you know, this is it. And, and, and so the sports world was like, why would you do that? You know, at this point? And so there's this real chip on their shoulder to, um, kind of prove them wrong, um, to win the title again, that season. And there's so many other little story threads. And I, and I love the way that the, um, that the series is, is, um, Framed because it's ten episodes long. It started off on ESPN. Now it's on Netflix as well. Um, and each episode jumps back and forth through time in in Jordan's career. So, like the prime storyline is the '98 season, um, the '97 '98 season. But uh, one episode is focused solely like on Jordan's rookie years in the NBA when his Bulls team went when they were trash. And he was like the only good player they had, and um, how he impacted the team from there to kind of get them to change their lot, phlo- to help get them to change their philosophy. There's another episode solely dedicated, pretty much, to Phil Jackson, the coach, to Scottie Pippen, you know, arguably the greatest number two player uh, in NBA history. One completely um, dedicated to Dennis Rodman, including his appearance on WCW Nitro in the middle of like the NBA finals and he just like left the team to go wrestle with Hulk Hogan. Um, it, it was, yeah. And just all kinds of crazy stuff. And so um, I, I'll just say one more thing cause it, it made me laugh and I was not expecting it is that, um, so, you know, Jordan, uh, obviously, you know, team is in Chicago and, uh, and I should also say Scottie Pippen originally is from the state of Arkansas. So um, this is a very content rich title are people who are really love sports, especially basketball. Um, so there's all kinds of people who are interviewed for this documentary. So um, they're talking about Michael's impact on the city of Chicago at that time, and all of a sudden you hear, hear this really familiar voice, and it cuts it cuts away to Barack Obama, who is talking about Michael Jordan, um, and and on screen you know the title cards at the bottom says Barack Obama, former Chicago resident. <laughs> and then they just keep going with it, and then um, an episode later, they're talking about Scottie Pippen, and they're talking about how how he how he was this hot prospect in Arkansas high school basketball, and all of a sudden you hear another familiar voice, and it's Bill Clinton, and they see you see Bill Clinton, former Arkansas resident, you know, like just anyway, <clears> just <throat> so, so there's a lot of like tongue in cheek stuff as well, but um, what's really entertaining uh, to me uh was you know to go back and see sort of the curtain pulled back on like you know i was a i was a kid you know yeah, i wouldn't say i wouldn't say i was idolizing michael jordan but i was still caught up in the in the culture of if, if you're going to say basketball then you're going to think about the bulls during that time like that is that is who there is and there's nobody else i mean you know there there might be some other good teams but there's good teams and then there's the bulls you know like like Jordan's so good that if you played a video game you, you you wouldn't be allowed to be him in the game or else it wouldn't be fair you know kind of thing mm-hmm. it's is it's that kind of inequity and so um to see the inner workings behind and it is and and he's not afraid as well um this series has already created dozens of memes already um just, just which which are all highly entertaining by the way um but it is a um it pulls the curtain back on Michael himself as well. Um, his own relationship to his father and how precious that was to him. Um, and, um, how that influenced some of his career decisions and, and also just his own personality. And you, you get to see him be really vulnerable, uh, a few times, which is, which is not something he ever did. Um, seeing some of his, um, former, post-game interviews when he would lose compared to what you see in athletes now, it's honestly kind of embarrassing to the athletes of today, like Mm. how, how well composed he was when you're seeing in this documentary, how angry he really was to lose. Like Mm. he's, you know, they frame him as one of the most competitive athletes that ever lived. And he was probably one of the most respectful interviews I'd ever seen, um, put on television. And part of that may be the times and stuff, but I think a lot of that was how he was raised as a human being as well. And, um, you know, and, and um, the, the interesting thing is all that respect he gave, he expected in return, and he did a lot of his, he did a lot of his talking uh, with his game. I guess if he'd felt yeah. disrespected and there are a lot of interesting anecdotes about that as well. So, um, yeah. I could say a whole lot more about that cause it's a long series. You know, it's about, I guess it's about 10 hours cause it's, it's close to an hour an episode, but it's, it's worth the investment. It's, it's, it's really entertaining. Uh, great music, uh, used as well. Um, there is a, uh, uh just, I just want to list off a few. They use, um, the Prince song Party Man from the 1989 Batman uh, soundtrack <laughs> in one of the episodes for a montage. Um, back when we talked about Tombstone, we used a Jose Gonzalez song uh, as our intro. They used a different Jose Gonzalez song called Teardrop, which if you've ever watched the show House, the Hugh Laurie show, is actually the theme song of that TV show, but it's done under his like folk guitar, which is really good. And uh, Jared, you and I were just talking about this today because we had talked we had talked about uh wonder woman 84 and there's yeah. this there's this piece of music from a danny boyle sci-fi film called sunshine um and i can't remember what it's called now um but it's it's a, it's an actual classical music title like something in a minor or d minor and um apparently that piece of music has been used a dozen times that i didn't know about but it was used really effectively and wonder woman 84 um, if you've ever seen the trailer for X-Men days of future Past, I think was one of the really prominent ways that music was used, but it was also used in the penul- penultimate episode of, uh, the last dance as well to, to great effect. So, um, anyway, uh, there's just, just a cool thing that I just noticed since we were talking about that yesterday, but so yeah, uh, jingle jingle, the last dance, um, and I'm saving my best for last, um, without a doubt we've consumed so much material this year and i've loved almost every minute of it um and without a doubt there's only one title that stood head and shoulders above everything for me this year uh and that was hamilton um Mm -hmm. we did an episode on hamilton in early july um I watched it on the 4th of July uh with my family um when it dropped on Disney Plus. Um I, I had heard, you know, I mean I'd heard of it and and knew that it was a big deal to a lot of people uh before this cinematic release was was released. Um but I was not prepared for how infectious of a piece of content Hamilton really is. Um it is um I'd say it's almost perfect as a piece of art. Like it is um just how complex it is how how it can be both simple and complex at the same time um i absolutely love um which i've said in in plenty of episodes in the past and i'm sure i'll say more in the future i love a good callback um to to, to anything in in a joke in a in a film in a show and um this this show has it in spades um it made me remember how much i love musicals too um and and i love so much the um the fortitude and the um um boldness sir that that they took to cast all these minorities in the roles of white founding fathers and use their same words and platitudes and attitudes to create almost a whole different meaning or fill in the gaps of of everything that our history was missing um, the music itself is, is, is amazing as well. Some of the, some really incredibly talented people, uh, it introduced me to, uh, Leslie Odom jr. Um, who, who we found played a, uh, has two Christmas albums. Uh, apparently we found him, uh, when we were looking for Christmas music to play this year. Um, David Diggs, who yeah. is, is awesome. Um, and Lin-Manuel Miranda, who, I mean, you know, he's, he's just a great, a great writer. Um, in a number of ways. And I'm not even, I didn't even mention Philip Sue or Renee Elise Goldsberry who were both phenomenal in their roles as well. Um, anybody who is even adjacently or remotely, my friend, uh, knows that I have a bit of a Hamilton problem at this point. Um, (laughs) because of that, um, I have coffee mugs, I have masks, t-shirts, you know, whatever. Um, so it was, um, it was, it it was transformative. Uh, for me, like it just, um, it tackled so many things, and um, and I don't even think I was ready to really explain how how good it was when we did the episode. Like, I mean, because I only got more passionate about it after that episode was long gone. Um, and it was just... Uh, and, and, and you can go back and listen. I was pretty passionate about it then, too. So <laughs> it's just... Um, but it was huge, uh, and it was just a, a wonderful thing. Uh, that's still on Disney Plus for you to watch. I'm really hoping in the weird year that 2020 is that this could count as a cinematic release. So it could be Oscar eligible because frankly it deserves something. Um, and also we, uh, we talked about, uh, Tim, we talked about lesson that would, that would put, uh, man, uh, Miranda on, on an EGOT train. I yeah. Think, uh, yeah. There's one, uh, there, I think that's just the one he's missing. I think, I can't remember now, if it was the Emmy or the, I think the so. Oscar. Yeah. He's got a, He's got a ton of Tonys and, and, and a few Grammys as well. But uh, I think it's the Oscar that he's missing. Although um, his film In the Heights is going to be coming out uh, this year on HBO Max. So because um, it's one of those Warner Brothers films that's just coming straight to the streaming yeah. service. So uh, looking forward to that as well. So yeah, uh, Jingle Jangle, Last Dance, Hamilton. Uh, Jingle Jangle and Last Dance available on Netflix. Hamilton available on Disney+. Plus uh, please check those out and uh to round things out you guys um is there anything uh, little or lot um that you know that's coming that's slated to be coming out in the new year that you're looking forward to, or something you haven't even gotten around to yet that you that you, a new year's resolution of sorts uh that that you, that you want to make sure you see this year Tim
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know that's that's gonna sound bad I have not. Man, I haven't given a ton of thought,
1: Jared. If you want to go, no. if you can,
0: sure, to. sure, I can. Yeah, I can go first and give Tim um a little more time if he wants <laughs> it. Uh, so I mean, I, I think for you and me, we we know what's coming, and and maybe Tim too. Uh, I guess we haven't haven't talked. We haven't as much talked
1: about this publicly and openly mm-hmm. with Tim. I don't know how, how much yeah. is into it, but we'll see. Right.
0: Um. So, uh, you know, a couple different things. I mean, the first thing on the horizon is uh, Cobra Kai uh Cobra Kai sure. season 3. So, um that drops on New Year's Day. Uh we when were we originally supposed to get this? It was back like last spring, right? Or like I in this 20, spring 2020, right? Yeah, I think so. Cuz I think it was the pandemic that kind of pushed, um, it back. pushed it back. So, yeah, we're long overdue for Cobra Kai season 3, which is if if you haven't seen it, um the the best description of the show which is um which started on youtube youtube Red or whatever it was um I don't even think
1: that's a thing anymore. I don't Let's
0: think that's that. a thing anymore either, yeah. <laughs> um uh so it started its first two seasons on there and and for people who don't know it's a follow up to the karate kid movies. Um basically set Gosh, I, I don't know. I guess. Probably that, about
1: 30 years after after the first film, at least.
0: That's, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it follows uh, the sort of the protagonist and antagonist from the first film. Uh, but really, it follows more the villain from, from the first film. And uh, Johnny Lawrence and kind of fleshes out his character. And it's almost sort of like the karate version of the guy, you know, who was the high school football star and then never really got past that in some Mm -hmm. ways. And, and so with, with Johnny Lawrence is kind of centered on this one particular fight with Daniel LaRusso and, you know, it sort of played as um, you know, we, we saw Daniel's perspective on it and, and, you know, never really had that much of an opportunity to, to humanize Johnny. And so, uh yeah without going into into super depth on on that um it's a really interesting series that uh, if I didn't already say this the best description is um it's way better than it has any business being
1: yeah I think uh, that should be its its tagline under the poster
0: right right yeah. uh <laughs> yeah, I mean just we we were both uh, shocked that of what came out from a youtube uh YouTube series, and now it's graduated to Netflix, so hopefully it gets a few seasons over there um so awesome. that's the first thing, but just, just more I think just the only other thing I'll really maybe mention is um in a broader sense, it feels like we're about to get two years worth of movies Mm, and TV shows in one year. So I'm, I'm excited about all the content we're going to get. And, and especially, um, you know, for us as, as, as Marvel fans or, or Disney fans, all the, Marvel content that's coming our way all the Star Wars content um but but more more so the Marvel stuff because we've known about that for longer and we knew um you know the the WandaVision show was coming we knew Falcon and the Winter Soldier was coming we knew Loki was coming um so those uh you know I've been looking forward to for a while We,
1: we went an entire year without a Marvel release didn't we
0: I think we did, yeah, because Black Widow was going to be
1: supposed to be this
0: Yeah, yeah, um, and, and and you know, I I think that's. I mean, obviously they didn't plan it that way, and obviously it would have been better to have not had a pandemic. Uh, but in terms <laughs> of the Marvel content specifically, I don't think a break was a bad thing, yeah. um, mm. especially, and and especially for it to come where it did, like. Post game yeah, break like like that could have not worked out better. That that very specific element could have not worked out better for for Marvel. I, I think a, a break is good um, because it is sort of a reset uh, for for Marvel, and so I'm really excited about those shows. Mm-hmm. Um, we get WandaVision sometime in January, so sometime fifteenth, fifteenth. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah, so two and a half, uh, weeks away or so three weeks, maybe close to it. Um, and then Falcon and the winter soldier is March. I don't remember when Loki is off the top of my head if, uh, if you know, but, uh, yeah, I'm particularly excited about those. Um, that's, that's probably my, you know, within the broader context of just the avalanche of stuff that's <laughs> that's coming this year. Um, the, yeah. the, the Marvel stuff, especially that's been delayed a little bit. Um, I'm really looking forward to.
2: Awesome. So mine, mine are just I guess a few. I have. Just gonna talk about I haven't thought a ton about TV shows, but um, a few and a lot of these are ones that I think no, not, not think they were going to come out this year, <laughs> this year. But uh, um, even though you know uh, Daniel Craig's James Bond has had some like ups and downs with Bond series, uh, No Time to Die. I was I was actually curious about and intrigued by um, that. I know it was supposed to come out. I guess this past November, maybe a month or so ago, but um, that's been pushed, of course. Um, so that one, and then like, I, Dune, I was, I was curious about, I was intrigued by, haven't read the book yet, but of the, the friends that it, have read the book say it's like the best sci-fi book they've ever read. So like, okay, well, I've got, I mean, if that's more than one person saying that, okay, I need to read that. I need to read this. So I'm going to try to read it before, before the film releases, but I've been curious about that. And, um, and then also, you know, I, I'm kind of torn. Did you guys, I'm sure you guys did see it. The uh, quiet place. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. so that was one of those movies. I just thought like, ended. So, like, it was just such a great film. I was like, this doesn't really need to go any, right. any further. We don't need to do any more with it. Uh, but I'm, but after seeing the trailer, I'm, I still don't know if i I feel any differently, but I am a little bit curious, you know, just the, the idea of, okay, now you've had this child. How, how do you raise a child? in this in this world you know and so part of me is like intrigued and hopes that it could be great but part of me is like what we don't need all we don't need sequels that was that was so such a great like movie that's kind of on its own but um i do remember it was supposed to come out this past year and uh so now i mean i'm just my I'm, i'm curious but i yeah holding out hope that maybe maybe it can be great Part of me is just like, okay, this did so well. This was an unexpected hit. We have to do more just for that reason. And I I hope that's not the case. I hope they really had something good, you know, something, an idea that, you know, an interesting idea. But I I don't know if,
0: I don't know. We'll see. At at least, at least we're not getting like the die hard to treatment of die harder. At least it's not like a quiet place to be quieter.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is a good point. Yeah. I love it. they didn't try to do anything, so it's just a quiet place, too. You <laughs> right?
0: A quieter right. place, a qui-
1: <laughs> and they didn't try to put the number two in place yeah, of one of the Yeah, Too quiet, too. Like place,
0: <laughs> <I> don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, they could, yeah, maybe, oh, maybe man. they really missed out on something there. I don't know, but
1: <laughs> wow, um, <laughs> okay. Uh, no, those are all good. Um we, well,
0: it, I, I just thought of one that I I, yeah. I have to mention and you'll appreciate this, is this this is the year we get we get Matrix four, right? Boy. That's yeah. yeah, true. Yeah.
1: This <laughs> is the year from from, oh, from oh, I'm, gosh. And I'm not trying to be insensitive, but what are the Wachowski's names now? Like they've they've both changed names at this point. Well, right. that's not all they've changed, obviously, but I mean, oh. you know
0: I think it's Lana. Is Lana the one that's involved, maybe? I, I don't remember, yeah. but
1: Uh, So they're not, they're not both involved.
0: No, it's just, it's just one. Oh, wow.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Well, that, that I've must've forgotten. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, it's going to be better or worse, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We will see.
1: Um, (laughs) Yeah. So there, there are a few um, remaining um, releases that I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, Early 21, uh, we mentioned this a few episodes ago. Um, with the big Warner Brothers drop on uh, HBO Max but uh, Judas and the Black Messiah with uh, Daniel Kaluga and Keith Stanfield Um, the story of Black Panther Party leader Fred Hampton who was assassinated by the FBI at age 21 Um, I imagine that being a pretty poignant um, story and you know I am a sucker for trailers I I really really love that trailer uh, the way that it builds tension and it's very simple as well, uh, the dialogue is just repetitive the entire time, and uh, but but you feel like if you wanted to give Oscar nominations based on trailers alone, I'd give one to Daniel Kaluuya right out of the gate. Uh, just for how what he evoked just alone in the trailer. So I I wouldn't be surprised if they get quite a number of, uh, recommendations. Um, mentioned this briefly when I was talking about Hamilton, but in the Heights is also coming out this uh, next summer. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, I I certainly want to give that. Apparently that won a lot of Tony awards, uh, prior to, Lin-Manuel Miranda, you know, uh, finishing and releasing Hamilton. So um, if that was a, you know, if if Hamilton is any indicator, then I'm sure that one's going to be really entertaining as well. And uh, much like what Jared was saying about the MCU, you know, obviously I'd echo that sentiment. I'm excited about all the content coming out. But very specifically, I am really most interested in the uh, connective tissue, as it were, between WandaVision Doctor Strange and Spider-Man, which Kevin Feige went out of his way to say that there's some kind of, I'm putting words in his mouth right now, but some kind of domino effect between those three properties. Um, And of course, WandaVision we get in a few weeks. Um, Give me just a second here. Doctor Strange. Um, We get WandaVision in a few weeks. We get Doctor Strange has been pushed back. um, I think but, um, but Spider-Man is supposed to be at the end of the year, uh, in December, 2021. So, um, it would make sense for me, to me, for Dr. Strange to be the last one to come out of all three trying to deal with, you know, whatever has happened. But, uh, I'd be very interested to see, um, what kind of thread goes through all of those. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we have talked a bit about multiverse things in the past and stuff but um yeah i'm 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 interested to see where that goes and and i you know I, I know I just said that was the only part I was interested in, but uh Falcon and winter Soldier for sure i mean that's that's been my favorite probably franchise is the Captain America franchise out of all of them with what they did with those films and and um i i am I'm very curious to see how deep they go with um Falcons hesitancy to carry that mantle and, and how hesitant the rest of the world is to see him carry it within the confines of the story. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's all. So, um, any, any lingering, uh, items or discussion points anybody wants to mention before we call it a year?
0: Uh, I think I kind of said a little bit before, but yeah, no, I, I just, um, I've enjoyed, you know, coming on and being a part of this and, um, yeah, it's helped maintain some sliver of sanity, um, <laughs> in 2020. So yeah, no, it's been great.
1: All right. Well, uh, Tim, yeah, you...
0: pretty much verbatim. Yeah. I'm really,
2: I'm, I'm, I'm much more to say, but yeah, kind of what you said earlier, Stephen, in the beginning, but yeah, this has just been, yeah, some, uh, Kind of like a, it's help, helped me at the very, in the most, at the very least, helped me remember days of the weeks. <laughs> like, oh, we're recording on this day. Okay, good. Oh, wait a but minute. It's helped me it like Thursday
1: this, or Sunday? Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's helped kind of plant that marker in time. No, but, uh, yes. but it's just been, it's been uh, just fun to get back to. And, and uh, I, I, yeah, and it's helped me kind of, I tend to sometimes will multitask while I watch things. And it's helped me kind of think more, like, be more aware of what I'm watching and be more just kind of think critically of, of what I'm kind of engaging with. It's something I want to do anyways, but you know, sometimes you just get into the routine of doing a lot of different things at once. Um, but this has kind of helped focus a little bit. And, um, it's just been a blast to, to get to chat with you guys. And I don't know, I feel like it's something I want to do anyways, you know, <laughs> so it's been fun to just kind of press record uh, while we do it. So it's been great.
1: You're here. Well, uh, I will raise an empty can to night cheese and hopefully uh, to a better year next year. And if not, hopefully just a year with with more episode opportunities, Um, because maybe we'll still have more spare time. Um, (laughs) Who knows what's to come. But uh, thank you for joining us this this year. Uh, Those of you who came back with us and if you just found us for the first time, um, we're happy to have you. And stick around, and who knows what we'll talk about next time. And uh, th- so, thanks again for joining us for nostalgic cash grab review. And um, if you want to find us, we are on Instagram, Night Cheese with Stephen and Tim, uh, Facebook at the same name, and uh, on Twitter at Pod Night Cheese. Um, let us know what were your favorite things that you watched this year. What are you looking forward to next year? Was there a movie like Psycho or Diabolique that has been sitting on the proverbial shelf for decades that you only saw for the first time this year and liked? I'd be interested to hear what you guys have to say and we can keep the conversation going, um, but with keys instead of with my voice since it's clearly starting to go. So um, I want to thank you guys again. Gentlemen, thank you again for your partnership and for this and uh, we'll keep it going next week. And until then... Keep working on your night cheese.
2: Awkward, Fina. Sorry.
1: Look at us. (laughs) Who would have thought? Not me.
2: Which I'm like, they got tanks over here on Earth. I don't know why they're bothering. Just go to the, the party store down the street. Come on, guys.
1: The Burger Shire, now serving second breakfast. Hey, he was Oscar Schindler. <laughs> Let me ask you a serious question. How much do you think I could bench press? My mic that I've been talking into this entire episode has not been plugged in. And I think if our filters come off, we might we might ruin everybody's lives
2: christmas day christmas day by the way a great (laughs) fantastic christmas movie yeah i mean you know it's a wonderful life
1: (laughs) miracle on 34th street ladies and gentlemen uncut gems there's no telling how far we'll go um so anyway uh more more lin-manuel puns forthcoming throughout the episode guys um but they did win choice movie Ship, which I can only, yeah. which this, my old man brain can only assume means relationship. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so.
2: There were no boats but, in that
1: movie. What is this? What is this? I love mom. Yeah. exactly. Like a mom I mean.
2: with a heart through. I don't
1: yeah. know. I'm thinking right now of the TV series Dexter, like, um. Uh, which I loved for a while and then just kind of kinda of fell off of it. I never finished <laughs> it. But
2: uh, so so did their producers and writers.
1: Just, <laughs> hey, see, see, you mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. But he's like, No, I came to stop you. Okay, Steven Seagal. Like I I don't know. It's just it was oh uh, man. I mean, could you just imagine I if you know, I would love it if, if Bane was like, "Oh, I want to do that one again. Try, try yeah. that
0: one again. let <laughs> redo he's, like, he's like, "Christopher. I mean, yes. I. I. That's kind of what I, I was joking before. This is what I
1: assumed you were here <laughs> uh, I, I was expecting you to stop. I thought that's why we were fighting." <laughs> we used to look up at our at the sky and wonder about our place in the stars. Three, Three two, two, one. one. Prestige. prestige. Yeah. All right. Very good. We're, we're Night is still going to happen, everybody. I'm. I'm not trying yeah. to pat ourselves on the back, but it definitely <laughs> it is the best podcast ever made. No. Um. <laughs> and I am a parent, so it's not like oh, you know, you don't have kids. Uh, no, I do, but <laughs> but I know when they're in space with me or not.
2: <laughs> it was like oh no, I can't go there. Never mind. Like, that, that one time, Obama made fun of Trump and um. Trump was like, all right, I got to, you know, I can't let this go. No, no. <laughs> so psycho. No, I'm just kidding. i cut that out.
1: But um, yeah, and it's funny. That'll I, be our post credit yeah. <laughs> uh, for this episode. Oh, really? How fancy? I don't even have cereal do that kind of thing.
2: Since it's the, uh, the Halloween. No, we shouldn't use this at all. Uh, like Hallowoke, but no. <laughs> <laughs> unless it's good or, i mean if it's tongue-in-cheek maybe you know like
1: we, we at this point we have really no idea it's just a bunch of conjecture and doomsday scenarios
2: best kiss
1: well uh, <laughs> most desirable male was the Wait. uh what yeah Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, the character who had tuberculosis for the entire movie was coughing, coughing up a lung and and sweating, (laughs) pale and sweating and sweaty and pale. And just, yeah. And the most desirable for sure. One of his contacts or something that's trying to help him find a place has this pet monkey, but the monkey is, I can't believe I'm about to say these words out loud is is a secret spy for the Nazis. Um, It's a, it's a Nazi spy monkey. Well, I have heart, so there you go. Uh, Unlike some of the people in this film, but you have chosen wisely.
0: This isn't up there with Fast and Furious. At least it's not like a quiet place to be be quieter. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, That is a good
2: point, yeah. I love They didn't try to do anything. It's just a quiet place, too. (laughs) Right. A quieter place.
1: (laughs) And they didn't try to put the number two in place of one of the letters. Yeah, too quiet, too
2: place. (laughs)